Hello, this is Mona Tonchev, past president of NCSM, and welcome to the NCSM podcast, Learning with Leaders, the Reset, Renew, Restore series. Join me and my co-host, John Sangiovanni, as we sit down and have conversations with emerging and established leaders about how we can reset for the upcoming school year. Listen as we talk to mathematics leaders who can help us think about resetting what has become status quo these past few years. We will learn about their inspiration, perceptions, insights, and perspective. Listeners, fellow mathematics leaders, if you feel like current math instructional practices or student learning seems stuck or stalled, it's time to hit reset. Hello, listeners. I'm Mona Tonchev, and welcome to the NCSM podcast, Learning with Leaders. This series is about how we are going to reset, renew, and restore as we prepare for the coming school year. Yeah, that's right, Mona. This series is a chance to think about a brighter future. It's a chance to think about, you know, what has worked and what hasn't. To think about um, the pressure to catch up, but without taking shortcuts. Today, we're excited to talk to Dr. Hilary Kreisberg and Dr. Matthew Bayron Avant. This month, about building partnerships with families. So let me introduce Hilary first. Dr. Hilary Kreisberg is the Director of Center of the Center for Mathematics Achievement at Leslie University and the co-author of the books, Partnering with Parents in Elementary Math, The Guide for Teachers and Leaders, and Adding Parents to the Equation, Understanding Your Child's Elementary School Math. And the curriculum resource, <laughs> Let's Talk Math, Engaging Students as Mathematical Thinkers in K-5. She is a frequent national, regional, and local speaker and has won over $2 million in federal and private funding for mathematics education research. We also have Dr. Matthew Bay-Ronavond, and he is the K-12 Mathematics Department Coordinator for Chelmsford, Massachusetts Public Schools, where he also serves as a high school department chair, department head. Um, He is also ambassador for the Global Math Project, a national presenter as well, mathematics consultants, and a member of the mathematics, or excuse me, member of the Massachusetts STEM Advisory Council. He also serves as an adjunct professor of mathematics and education at the University of Massachusetts at Lowell and Fitchburg State University. His website, mathwithmatthew.com, has some TV interviews of Hillary and Matthew that I encourage you to check out because their work has also been featured on NPR Boston Radio, CBS Boston News, The Wall Street Journal, The Washington Post, Education Weekly, Boston Magazine, and The Lowell Sun. So we are very excited to have you both here today with us. We are excited to be here. Thanks for having us. It is an honor and a privilege to be with you both today. And we're very excited to be talking about this important issue. All right, well, welcome. We're excited to talk with you as well. And we're fortunate when we get to have partners come together and and talk with our listeners about their work. So our first question for, for, for you is, tell our listeners a little bit about how you two came to work together. Well, it's nice because Hillary and I both are out of Massachusetts and we have known each other a little bit through some circles, including the the NCSM group um, that Hillary founded uh, within the New England area and both realized that we were passionate math education leaders, those who wanted to make productive change. And I had uh, come up with an idea for a book that I had written, um, and I wanted to come up with a co-author, someone who was into the same ideas that I had. And I met with Hillary 
and totally fell in love with her personality, her knowledge, and strong work ethic. So we wrote the book together, Adding Parents to the Equation, which was very successful. And we were lucky enough to be approached by Corwin Publishing for a follow-up to that as to what is the teacher perspective or the educator role in supporting parents. And a marriage was formed. Yeah, I think he nailed it. I, I don't have any more to add to that. Matthew, you got it. That's exactly how we came to work together. And um, we've since become very good friends. He even ordained my wedding. Oh, very cool. Very yeah. Cool. <laughs> that is cool. All right. So tell us a little more about some of the aspects of your work that have you really excited or new projects that you're really excited about for this coming school year. I think one of the big biggest projects and developments that has me most excited right now is our work with the state of Alabama. Uh, one of the requirements of the Alabama Numeracy Act is for school-based math coaches to make connections between home and school with between home and school with math uh, instruction. And so this new law, which will go into effect in 2023, will actually put a math coach in every elementary school building over the next six years. And so the way that connects to us is the Alabama Mathematics Leadership Alliance, which is actually an affiliate of NCSM, um, is very intentional in supporting this aspect of the law. And so they're using our book as the main tenant. So they're currently in the process right now of running a virtual book study and it goes through the rest of the summer. Um, so they're using the Partnering with Parents book, which is the educator perspective one. Um, and it's just exciting to see people come together and making use of our book and diving deep into understanding the elements of supporting families with mathematics. And it's really amazing to see states like Alabama using its governance to prioritize partnering with families. And I hope more states follow suit with that. Yeah, I was about to note the exact same thing, that it's so encouraging that the state of Alabama recognizes the importance of math leadership in the elementary setting and something that I'm hopeful more states will uh, will follow suit with, right? Because that math specialist, math coach plays many roles, uh, including, you know, networking and supporting families and caregivers. So exactly. our current series is about math leaders, right? And the notion that math leaders need to hit the reset button for the coming school year. So how do you see partnering with parents and families and caregivers how do you see that partnership playing into the reset plan? Well, I think that this topic for your podcast is so important, and I think it fits perfectly with what many math educators might need to reset themselves on, and that is the role of parents in supporting children in education. Because I know myself um, and many other teachers many times will think about parents and they'll say, oh God, I don't wanna to talk to them or I don't wanna get them involved or it might be better if they're not even involved because they're gonna cause more harm trying to teach the math compared to the way that we know it should be taught. And it's time to reset that thought, reset that approach and focus instead on how can we make it a strong productive partnership. And the moral of the story is parents really just don't know what they should be doing. And so the reset, set is to say, let's start and presume positive intentions. Parents want to be supportive of their children. They just don't know how. So this book gives a lesson for both the educator perspective and the parent perspective about what needs to be done for that successful partnership. And I think it goes above and beyond just 
um, presuming positive intent, it's also about acknowledging your own core beliefs as an educator. Like, do you actually believe that all families are assets to their children in terms of math learning? We have to believe that first in order to get that partnership underway. So this is a great year to reset. We're coming off of two really challenging years. Uh, this is a great year, no better time than to reset with families. Yeah, and I'm so glad you talked about this idea that every parent wants the best for their child, right? But not every parent knows how to you know, to help their child or is trained. And sometimes when you're, you know, behind the desk or in the profession, like, oh, well, just ask your teacher this, or oh, just check out this book. But that's not something that, that the parents are always familiar with. So that's really important to lift that, that part up. Mona, what else did you want to ask? Yeah, so as I was listening, um, first of all, I agree this idea of the core beliefs and that parents want what's best. I think that was a really crucial statement to, for us all to think about as leaders. Um, I know as a classroom teacher, you know, you work with your families directly, but the more removed you are from the classroom, how are you intentionally um, connecting with the parents and families that you serve um, from whatever role it is you serve as for the students? One thing I want us to think about, though, is that we know that communication in itself is critical for working with families. Um, and I actually um, pulled from your newest book, A State Partnering with Parents. I pulled this statement. It says we need to communicate clearly and productively with parents about their students' progress, strengths, and needs in math. I, like, I just really like that statement. So, so within that, what have you guys seen done really well with the families and parent engagement through either communication or other strategies? Yeah, um, that's a great question. And I think it goes beyond just written communication. And I wanna make sure that we are aware there's many different ways in which we can communicate with families. And I think written is definitely one way that we can do it. Um, what we've seen done really well, we actually interviewed uh, a bunch of different teachers, educators, coaches in writing the book to find out what are people already doing? because. We're clearly not the only ones thinking about this, right? And some examples of things that have gone over really well, and of course, it depends on the community context. Um, one thing that was really exciting was morning math, where a school district in California actually brings families into their children's classrooms right at the start of the bell, and they watch a warm-up, like a number talk, something that's looser in terms of mathematics, not a rigid math lesson, but they're watching something that increases discourse so that they understand what their children are doing and seeing that multiple answers can be correct. And they're given a very strategic protocol of how to observe what to look for. And then on their way out, they're given what to do at home now that you've seen this. And we actually have samples of all of that in the book. Um, and I think that works well for some communities who can have parents come in in the beginning of the, the school day that may not work well for your community. So you may try a family math night. And we have several different examples of how to run family math nights from different community lenses um, in the book as well. So there's events, there's written communication, there's calling home. You talked about that positive uh, communication, calling a parent and just starting the year off really strong and telling them directly what their children did well today in math. And not just speaking about the content, but about the behaviors, the mathematical behaviors. You know, Matthew, you, Matthew did so well today persevering in math class. And that means he didn't give up when the problem was really challenging. I'd love for you to praise him at home on his perseverance. And to follow up on that, I believe it's also important 
important, and this is something that we've seen, is to tell parents how they can have conversations with their kids about math. So everybody says, okay, math and reading are the most important things, and they know what to do. I'm going to read a book every night for 20 minutes to my son or daughter for before they go to bed. But what do we do about math? Well, they say, what'd you do in math today? And they either say nothing or fractions, and then they just move on. Well, giving specific activities, resources, and talking points to parents so that they can engage in meaningful conversation with their kids, that is something that we've seen happen quite a bit uh, recently, and that's a big change from the past because normally people say, well, I don't know anything about math. I can't do math. I hate math. Well, that conversation is now done. We moved on, and now we're <laughs> providing parents with the resources they need to be successful. Yeah. So first of all, I love the idea of inviting parents to morning math. What a simple and inviting way to make, make the families feel welcome. I'm, I'm going to steal that, that idea, <laughs> steal that idea, but I want to add something else that neither of you guys have mentioned. Um, when your first book came out, I happened to follow Hillary on Facebook and you guys have a Facebook group. Um, which yeah. my sister-in-law is now a part of. Oh, wonderful. Because she has a five, five-year-old. No, he's, yeah, he's five now. No, he's six. He turned six, sorry. And finishing up kindergarten. So when she asked me questions, you know, being the math teacher, she's like, well, what do I do about this? And when I do that, I'm like, well, I have a great group for you. So tell me a little bit about that Facebook group and how, what have you seen on there in terms of that family engagement? Sure. Well, we'd love to see more in terms of family engagement there. Um, so even you just mentioning this, hopefully more people will join. We just wanted a place where parents and families could go and get support. So if they're unsure of a math problem that a child brings home, they could post it there and ask for what would it be the best thing to say to my child? How do I help them with this? Um, we also post content when we can, um, and we try to model what good questioning would look like. We post things that, you know, if this is a game, here's a great game we play at home with our children. You would love this. Um, and we're trying to build in more cultural aspects as well. That's awesome. So as you were talking, you made me think about my own work in a district and working with other math leaders and, you know, the five, well, the countless mistakes that you make <laughs> and that you learn from them, right? Sure. So when you think about partnering with, with community and with families, and I suspect there are some mistakes that folks make without even thinking about it, right? With the best intention. So what are some mistakes that you see being made sometimes with schools and, and leaders as they try to partner with parents and families? Well, <clears throat> Matthew can speak from the administrator's perspective, but in my opinion, the only mistake you make is when you don't partner with families. I think if you are actively trying to enhance families' understanding of how we teach math, then how little or how great your effort is, you should give yourself a pat on the back because that's important that you're bringing in schools. Far too many schools and districts that we interviewed do not center student learning around connecting to the home life. And so in math, this is challenging, especially when we need students' roles or their role models rather, their caregivers to model positive and productive conversations around math. And from my perspective, two things I would say would be mistakes. One is looking down at parents because many times they're like, well, they don't know anything. And so I'm the one who's the teacher. And that's the wrong attitude to have. Yes, they might not have the knowledge that I have about what the best practices for teaching math, but it's my responsibility to teach them as to what they should be doing. And the second thing is not believing that it should be a partnership. 
because as parents, they play as big a role as teachers in their children's education. So acknowledging that really all education is a 50-50 split between the schools and the parents, and we should all be on the same page. Matthew, I want to add on to that because I think what you just said is so important in that we have positioned students to be the main source of information for parents, and that's wrong. The student's responsibility is to learn and thrive and be successful in mathematics. It's our job as the educational system to provide all stakeholders, not just students, but all stakeholders with the information they need so that our students can be successful. I have I have a question. Um, so it as you're developing these partnerships, it's gonna it should be obvious, it should be obvious that this increases access and equity for students. Um, but that concept itself might could be overlooked or misunderstood. So how do you see this work contributing to the pursuit of access and equity? Matthew, can I take this one? All right. Um, I think this starts with actually understanding what those words even mean, right? They're very generalized words at this point. So I wanna just define. Access means that students have equal and equitable opportunities to take full advantage of their education, right? And so increasing access actually requires schools to provide additional services or resources or to remove any barriers that might be pre prevalent, right? So that students can have that equitable participation. So in the case of partnering with parents, we can't expect students to have equitable out, uh, opportunities if families are not on the same page about the roles that they play in their children's math journey, right? Nor if they're uninformed about what their children are learning in math. So that's the access piece. And then there's the equity piece. And equity is the process of making things fair and just. It's a process that results in equality. It doesn't mean equality. So I think that's really important. I see that misnomer all the time in, in working with teachers. Not all students need the same thing, but everyone deserves the same outcome, which in this case is success, right? Mm -hmm. So inequities happen when situations contribute to a lack of equality in educational performance, results, outcomes, and in this case, in a lack of success of students um, entering higher math classes later in their schooling or students not identifying as mathematical thinkers. And so families play a major role in forming students' identities. And so it's inequitable if your school does not partner with families and teach them about what it means to be a mathematical thinker today and how to support their children at home in developing these mindsets that then later lead to positive math achievement. And I find we often revert to content, doing more content and doing more in the classroom when it comes to students who are struggling to achieve. And that's great, right? We want to do more in the classroom, but the best way to change academic outcomes is to enhance our work with families whose impact on their children's beliefs and academic achievement is paramount. Yeah, helping them understand that is really important. So I have um, a question as we think about next year, and that is, well, really just two tips. Like, What are two big tips you would have for our listeners about parents and family as, as they reset for that new year? Well, really the list could be far greater than two tips, but having said that, the two things that I really would wanna emphasize for all your listeners, regardless if they're teachers, administrators, leaders, or even parents, number one is the idea of pursue, uh, presuming positive intentions, believing that everybody, both from the educator side and the home side, wants what's best for kids. Once we have that common understanding and common belief that we want what's best for the kids, that's how the partnership can be formed. 
The second thing is finding even 10 minutes a day to be able to have conversations at home about mathematics. And it is the educator and in particular the administrator's role to be able to help facilitate that. What are things that we can be talking about? Either coming up with ideas and sharing ideas that are unrelated to what's going on in the classroom at the moment, but just ideas about you know, observing street signs or talking in the car about uh, mileage or looking at license plates and talking about it, or keeping the parents updated of what's happening with the curriculum and what things the kids are learning so that instead of just saying, what did you do in math class today? It is, oh, can you tell me about the way you learned how to add fractions so I can understand it? Oh, if those things can happen, we will be on the road to success. I'm adding one more tip. I know this is three, I, I can do the math, but um, partnering <laughs> with families is a school-wide initiative. And I wanna really hone in on that. We're talking to leaders right now, having pockets of teachers doing this causes inequities. So it's really important that it's done at a school-wide level. It's a whole school agreement. So I want you to consider as a leader, you've got this new school year coming, how can you create a school-wide initiative to bring educators on board with doing one thing differently this year with respect to connecting with families with the math that they're teaching. I just want to say thank you so much for both of you guys sharing your um, experiences and expertise. Um, I know that if I had been engaged or not me, because I like math, but if other parents had been engaged in the way you guys are describing, we might be in a better place as a society when it comes right. to thinking about being a mathematician. That would be an amazing, like if I had a goal for my life, that's what it would look like that parents. Well, Mona, would... let's do it together. Here we go. The, the nation on board. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm with it. I'm with it. John, you want to add anything? No, no, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the time. Thank you for the reminder of how important this is. And most importantly, that this is a group effort, right? This isn't three teachers in second grade or in eighth grade. This is the whole school. Um, and this is a welcoming place for all parents to be part of. Conversation. And I just want, and I want to thank you both for the work that you guys do for NCSM. It is a phenomenal organization, and it really provides the guidance that we need. Myself, as a school leader um, or a district leader for mathematics, to be able to keep up with what's happening, the knowledge um, to be a good leader. So, thank you for your service and your time with that, and for making up this great podcast, and for inviting us onto it to talk about partnering with parents. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Anytime. Well, thank Anytime. you guys. Thank you. We hope you have been inspired by this bold mathematics leadership conversation and will tune into our podcast series each month. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. You can learn more about NCSM leadership in mathematics education and our upcoming professional learning events on the NCSM website at mathedleadership.org. You can also follow NCSM on Twitter at MathAdLeaders using the hashtag NCSMBold. Thanks again.